Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're talking about two movies that we saw a little bit ago honey boy and waves yes we saw these movies a long time ago because emily and i have literally been seeing movie after movie after movie and yet we have no time to record which is just insane yep and uh but i think that might start turning around it will because we're gonna have less and less movies to see as the the year ends um even though it seems like it's too many to count right now. But anyway, we did see these two movies, and uh, they're both very independent small films. Um, pretty remarkable, both of them, I would say. Yeah, I'd say for what for what they created, they're very good. And I mostly say that in terms of Honey Boy, which I think we should we should start with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that one yeah. has the most to, to kind of reflect on and talk about. Um, I agree. It. It's a very intriguing, very intriguing movie. It was it was written by Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. in like two months, yeah. apparently. While he was in rehab. While he was in rehab, and he had really only been talking to this specific director. Yeah, like, and that's he, it. They, they were kind of like consoling each other. He was telling her how he was feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. Like he was really, he was really opening up to her about all of the feelings that he was going through and... She had, I'm just going off of an article that I was reading, which was... And um, I listened to a podcast about it, so I'll totally mention mention that as well. Yeah, I believe it was the NPR one. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I also read another one about just the director as well, but I don't have that on here. Dang it, I'll have to find that later. Alma Harrell. Yes. Yes. Where it was an interview just with her, and she felt very close to the story, because I guess she kind of had a similar situation mm-hmm. with an alcoholic parent or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um maybe an abusive parent, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. um she definitely had a similar similar experience and she was glad to retell this story. That's amazing. I think with her direction, it turned from just being a story told by somebody in rehab to a fully fleshed out um wonderful telling of a, a poor kid and how he developed PTSD. Um in the limelight and also with his parents. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible, the story of Shia LaBeouf. And I never really thought of him as anything more than just maybe kind of a troubled guy. Because that's kind of what he presents himself as in the public. And this movie, like, totally made me think of him differently. Yeah, it was really hard to imagine Shia LaBeouf in this role because, you know, I grew up, we grew up watching him on Disney Channel, Mm -hmm. on Even Stevens, and he was just a very funny, very crazy comedic actor. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, to his troubled times later on, um, you know, wearing the paper bag over his head. Yeah. And, like, kind of going through all that stuff later in his life, it was, it was 
very intriguing to watch this and think this was Shia LaBeouf like this yeah. is what happened to him like that's crazy and the in the was podcast that I listened to the um New York the the no the um Hollywood Reporter Awards Chatter podcast he interviewed him and he said that every single thing that happened in this movie actually happened like everything that was written actually happened to Shia like the conversations the situations were taken from his life and the the chicken at the very end like everything was very well that was a little bit you know a lot of it was like kind of symbolic especially with the chicken which we we should definitely talk about but yeah like he got into a car accident he got into like some issues where he was like he was talking about how he was making the peanut butter falcon um which you saw yes and i did not see that movie because i didn't get a chance to see it um, and he was making that movie and midway through the movie, he ended up, he was actually staying in the same room as the kid in that movie, um, which the movies is about, I guess. I didn't see the movie. Yes. And he was like staying in the same hotel room as him and everything. And they were good friends. And then he used to, he said he used to go and get drunk really late at night and just kind of wander around. That's like what he did. And... He said that he got in this altercation with a black cop, I think, or somebody like, yeah, I think that's what happened. And he ended up like, he was so drunk and he was basically kind of, he had a discussion with him that turned into an argument that turned into some kind of altercation where he was um, misconstrued as being really racist against this cop. Oh. So it was kind of like a crazy crazy bad situation for him and that's how he ended up getting the court ordered rehab oh to go to rehab and then so he they let him finish the movie peanut butter falcon and then he go, had to go to rehab and he couldn't leave it until they let him leave basically that's what he's what he said and that's where he wrote that's this. where he found out that he had ptsd okay like in the movie and he wrote honey boy which I think, which I find very fascinating. Like, just the whole, the whole construct of this movie and the whole manifestation of this movie. Yeah. Is just completely fascinating. Um, I would like to talk about maybe some of its flaws. Yeah, of course. Um, and I do like, I do really like the, the title of this NPR review. Uh, it says, Honey Boy is flawed, but fascinating. Like, and it... <laughs> And it really was fascinating. Like I could not look away. Yeah. I loved I loved watching Noah. Noah. Oh my gosh. Noah Jupe. Noah Jupe as because he looked just like young Shia LaBeouf. And like, he's an amazing curly, actor. With his curly brown his hair. His curly hair for sure. And and the way that like like these like these clothes. He like wore He wore those nineties clothes for sure. They were so great. Yeah. And so I found so I really enjoyed this article because it kind of talked about how uh, Alma, the director, she she did a I think this was like her first feature length. I yeah, believe. Yeah, she'd only done she'd like done music videos. Music videos, yes, yeah, tons of music videos. Which this NPR article talked about really loving the beginning because it kind of like melded the scenes in with music and it really showed her her talent for music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but then kind of like 
So, like, visually, the movie was very good, and, like, yeah. all the scenes were very well shot. Very beautiful. Just maybe, and maybe because And of, music as well. The music was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe, Amazing music. And maybe maybe there was just a, some slight poor writing on Shia's half, because, I mean, the two the two main characters were written very well, but there were some side characters that kind of just fell short, yeah. fell to the side, didn't really prove a purpose, I thought. Um... Like, like with the shy girl at the motel oh, and... Oh, like the prostitute girl? Yeah. And like the, um, well, that's played by FKA Twigs. Yes. And then also the, like, the guy who's supposed to help him... His roommate in rehab? Or what? No, he was no. fine, but the the one who... Oh, the uh The uh, Boys and Girls Club one, the, like, um big brother thing that he had, he was also... Yeah, what was his name? Like, Tony or something? Tom or... Tom... Something like that. Tom. Tom, yeah, Tom. He was great, though. I he mean, was good. He was only in, like, one scene. I really, like, I don't know. I just didn't think it was about the side character. I thought it was just about uh, Otis and uh, the dad. It was. I mean, that's kind of, like, what I... It was really mostly just about those two. It was. It just seemed like the side characters was kind of meaningless. Sure. Which I, which I guess they were. Yeah. Because it wasn't about them. It's not about them. Um, and I kind of thought, I didn't, I liked the scenes with Lucas Hedges and I liked the scenes with, with Noah. Yeah. But I didn't see them as one. I didn't see them as one. I, I did, saw them I, yeah, as, that was hard I for saw me them to... as very two separate people, mm-hmm. very two separate stories. Yeah. Like very separate. And I think that is because of how Lucas Hedges doesn't really look like him. Like, no. He, he doesn't look like him at all. No, he not doesn't. Not that there's not, like, it doesn't, he doesn't have to. But yeah, they were kind of separate, separate things, separate situations, and, I, and maybe they didn't that know was just because much. there weren't very many. Yeah, mm. I don't know the, the the scenes that Lucas did have with Shia were very minuscule and like for not very long. Like he went at the very end when he followed the chicken back yeah, to the back home, but that was like a dream sequence. He was hardly with Shia. I think yeah. that was like the only scene that he was even and then you could hear him talking on the phone at one point with him or something like that. Something like that. In like the background. Right. Yeah. Um and he's like old and stuff. Yeah. Old yeah. but but not seemingly not changed very much. No, no. It seemed like really from from what I got from this was that the relationship with with him and his dad, like, you're watching this young boy struggle with being kind of the adult in the situation. Right. Yet needing an adult, his dad, to be the chaperone. Um, but he was paying his father to stay with him he was, and to be with him and to spend time with him, basically. Yeah, so like, it's he just a wanted very... to be around his dad very clearly, even though his dad was kind of abusive in a lot of ways. And it just was, like, that dichotomy of thinking, like, I don't want you anymore, yet if I don't want you, then I won't see you anymore. Right. Like, he kept his dad around so that he could see him every day and, like, live with him and, like, have... It's just... It's such a, like, hard... And kind of even to give him some purpose, because if he wasn't... Mm, If he wasn't being his chaperone, like, what was his dad going to be doing? I mean... Uh, Drugs or something. yeah. Yeah, like, running off and being... Being like a liar, I guess, because that's what he said. He, he said his dad used to lie when he used to go to the AA meetings. So we hear that we hear that whole monologue that Shia does as the dad, um, where he goes to the AA meeting and he tells that whole story about his own dad and his mom or whatever, like 
beating him up and stuff like that. And then later in the movie, we hear Otis say that my dad lies at AA meetings. He doesn't even, those aren't even real stories. That's like something he made up. And you're like, you think about it and you're like, oh, he was lying when he was doing that monologue about his own family and his own struggles. Like, is was he lying? Was he telling the truth? He was crying, but that doesn't mean it was real. You know, it's kind of like he's manipulative. He's like such a manipulative man. He like manipulates his son into thinking that he needs him, you know? Well, yeah, especially because like he, he definitely feels like... Like, it's definitely some toxic masculinity. Like, his father does not feel like he is the parental figure, but yeah. then he tries very hard to be that figure, even yeah. though he's definitely not. And it just kind of comes out as criticizing. Totally. And All sorts just of ways. put downs. Like, like just... So many. Just in, in a way, in a way of, like, you know, trying to be the father, like, toughen him up, you know, yeah. because these are all life lessons. Like, you, gotta you gotta be tough. You, you gotta, gotta be pee a man. straight. Like, pee with a thicker stream, or, like... Yeah, you can't have a trickle. That's not a man's pee. Yeah. Like, what? Like... But then he, like, he's just such a, like, soft guy. He's, like... He doesn't really support his son. He doesn't say anything positive. He's, like, kind of, like, always, like, putting him down, you know? Yeah, and he doesn't really... He doesn't really serve a purpose, only to really be there for Otis as the dad that Otis wants, but just isn't getting. But, like, okay, so, like, I, in this podcast that I listened to where they, he was interviewing Shia LaBeouf, I thought, like, personally, that this movie was not a... It, it was kind of a scathing review of his father, but also it wasn't really taking sides in the fact that you saw it from the kid's perspective, but then you also saw it from the dad's perspective in a sense that it actually was quite a, like, sympathetic portrayal of a very problematic father, you know? Like... Yeah, I didn't feel... I really didn't feel positively or negatively towards yeah. towards Otis's father. I kind of was just it's... like, I was seeing it from both sides. Mm -hmm. There were definitely places to be empathetic for both sides. Both but of them, yeah. It's just, and it just, and, and I, I like that, I like that about the movie that it kind of just, it showed you both sides and it just yeah. let you decide how you felt exactly, at the end. Which exactly. of course, every situation is not the same. People are brought up differently. Like, like yeah. people's decisions like cause these problems mm -hmm. and you just need to learn to deal with them better like it's just it's it's problems all around it's not specifically one side yeah but it's he all is, around but he is a child and he does not have the ability to deal with these very complex emotions that he's forced to deal with all the time and in this podcast they were talking about Shia and his his youth and how he grew up and he he was always trying to be an entertainer. He was very good at entertaining people. He always wanted to please people. He wanted people to be happy and laughing. That's what he wanted. And that's because that's what his dad did as a clown, right? Right. And he said that his mother was like... His, his mother and father struggled because they didn't have money. And so to him, making money meant family. Sticking around because of that. And which is exactly what we see in this movie. He makes money because that means money means stability. And that's what he saw every time in, in everybody's life. He was like, when we had more money, things were better. Things were going well, you know? And so that it, it's incredible because this is like, it makes sense why he had such PTSD. He had to become an adult so early in life and struggle on his own. He got himself a manager. He called like hundreds of managers in the, in the yellow pages himself. Shia LaBeouf. 
Yeah. So he could get a manager so that he could uh, make more money. And that was all it was to him. Like, it wasn't ever about acting, you know? It was about, like, making it so that he could survive. Like, right. every time he got a new job, you know? He never thought twice about the artisticness about it. He was just like, this is what I need to do to, to survive. Yeah, it was a job. I need to do it well so mm-hmm. I can make the money and move on. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. That's, that's what he was saying. And he said that that's why he's like, even when he was like making it big, you know, in Transformers, he was like so involved in the fact that he wanted to be better at making the next thing, making the next thing all the time. And, uh. So he can keep the money coming in. He can keep the money coming in. But now he's different because he had, he's gone through so much difference. Now he's making art for art's sake. But it was just like. At first, it wasn't like that when he was growing up, because he didn't have the support system. Well, and that makes sense. I mean, a lot of actors, I mean, they're probably not doing it for the money, and they probably have, have bigger plans for themselves later on, but they kind of have to do, they kind of have to just take whatever Some job people, is handed to them yeah. to even just get their name out. It might not even be for the money. No. It might just be to start working so you can gain experience, you can gain connections, you can get your next job, get, exactly. get your big next job. Yeah. That's that's hard, and that's, like, kind of what he was doing ever since the 90s. He's just got the charisma. He had the, like, vibrance to, to do that. And the determination, and the, which is exactly. really what you need. Yeah, like, especially as a child actor. I mean, that's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It was a crazy story, just, like, hearing him. Also, he told his dad. He said he, he told his dad that he was making a movie about him, but he didn't tell his dad that he was playing him. Oh. And then his dad signed all the paperwork, <gasps> and then he told his dad that he was playing him. Oh! <laughs> that's what he said. And he How did his, his dad react? He said his dad liked the movie. Okay. Yeah. That's what he said. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, because, like I said, you know, it's a sympathetic... V- and Noah Jupe, like, damn, though. <laughs> oh, my God. That it's, kid, like, gives an excellent definitely, performance. Definitely one of my one of my notes in here is Noah Jupe is a gem. Oh, my God. He's, like... He's the new, you know, uh, you, uh, my, good my, voice. my, my boy. Yeah, your boy. Um, Jacob Tremblay. He's a new Tremblay, but he's a lot older than Tremblay was when he, but like, he looks so young in this movie. He does. He does. But compared to Ford v. Ferrari, which we're going to talk about in another podcast, he's actually older in Ford v, like, he's actually older in, in when he filmed... Um, honey boy than he was in Ford v. Ferrari. And he doesn't even look older. He looks younger. Yeah, no, he looks so much older. It's the way that he acts. Yeah. Like, this kid is fantastic. There's this whole scene where he's, like, crying while he's, like, standing in the doorway, like, telling his dad how he actually feels about him and it never actually happened. Like, I started crying. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He was incredible. How do you even tell a kid to act like that? I mean, truly. Yeah, and, like, Lucas had just did a really great job as well. Oh, he's well, great. But, he's but always great. Which he's in the next movie we're going to talk about. He sure is. But but Noah, Noah really, oh. really shined. He really shined I just, bright. I can't even... I don't know how anybody could watch this movie and not think this kid deserves some kind of award for that performance. It is, like, fantastic. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get nominated... It's going to be he'll, another he'll, he'll definitely. You know be, he's not def- going to get nominated. He's and No one cares, like about this movie. It's such a small little independent film. Like, we'll see. I don't think We'll so. see. There's know. time. 
There's, there's time to be salty. I'm not. I'm already salty, Emily. We know that what's going to happen. All right, all right. <laughs> so, uh, so let's talk about that chicken, eh? Mm-hmm. The symbolism of the chicken? Yes. Okay. What is it? <laughs> what's the symbolism of the chicken? I think it's his dad. Okay. I mean, his, his dad's a chicken? Dad is the chicken, yeah. Okay. He's clucking. He's a vibrant guy, like chickens. Very, uh, very, very, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, he struts. He struts, yeah, he totally, totally struts. Struts his stuff. Also, like, the chicken shows up when he's older, mostly, than when he's younger. Right. Although we see him in the video that he makes, um, with the chicken. With the chicken. The the father is a clown. Yeah. So, I think that that, the older Otis sees his father as as the chicken in terms of like clucking through life like leaving the cage wanting to escape wanting to be different and and kind of struggling with that i guess he's following the chicken as well yeah because it definitely seemed like some parts of the movie his dad was trying to help otis like perfect his comedic crap because you know he was he was also he, he an was actor a clown. And a cl- yeah a clown. He, he was he was comedic in his clown role yeah and uh and it was very interesting to kind of see them butt heads on like what was funny because it's it's tough it's tough figuring out like what people think is funny and what is oh, actually yeah. funny clowning is very hard yeah that is a that is an art form and total art form. I don't know. I feel I, spe- I feel like especially for a clown, it's tough to be funny. It is hard. You're kind of that's just... why they have to go to school for it. They have to, you know, go yeah. to clown college. To me, clowns are just like mesmerizing. You just like kind of watch them. Yeah, like, they don't have to be funny. They just like are there to kind of catch your attention and distract you for a little bit. Well, clowning is actually an extremely um, revered part of acting, and it revered like. Uh, it's because it's so old. It's like one of the oldest forms of acting. And so it's like a, a very like, uh, it follows in so many, um, classical training. Okay. It, it's actually like a lot of my friends had to do a lot of different clowning classes, uh, cause I have a lot of actor friends and, um, a lot of them like it's like is you're either really good at it or you really suck at it. It's very very hard to do. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, yeah, and weirdly, mm. it's like extreme. But like I, I think as a society, we don't see that, but it actually is an extremely revered art form in, in the. Yeah, like Buster bit. Keaton and like Charlie yeah, Chaplin. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. Because it's all it's all that very like slapstick, very yeah, very, very hard to do that. Very interactive. Uh huh. Very like lots of movement. Comedy that comes from so much like old classical acting for sure. Yeah, yeah. You don't really think about it that often, but that's that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of a lot of work. Definitely deserves to be appreciated. It does deserve to be appreciated, and we should not look down on people who who want to pursue that as a like a lifestyle. You know, it's like again, it, it's hard to it's hard to say that because we don't want anything to do with it. You know, we're just like no. we're totally on the outside of this, but like. We've seen clowns before. Like, just respect them. <laughs> Don't think yeah. they're scary or something. Like, they work really hard for their job, you know? And they just want to make you smile. They do. That's their friggin' main point. That's what they want. <laughs> That's their major in college. That's their actual major in college. Make yeah. people smile 101. Exactly, exactly. So, it's cool. Interesting. Yeah, so respect the clowns, I guess. 
Respect the clowns. If we, if we take anything out of this out of this uh, episode, respect the clowns. Ah, like Joker. <laughs> Joker. All right. Uh, let's look at these. I'm sorry. This like this thing won't go away. And I. All right. Whatever. I'm just gonna open this. Okay. Let's look at the plot keywords. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Plot keywords. We've got father son relationship written by a star. Ooh. Written by star. Written by star. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Alcoholic. Pie in the face. Pie fight. Oh, that's cute. Okay, I'm curious to see what this uh written by star is also. Uh Deadpool 2? Okay. Was written by was written by Star? I uh, apparently Star Trek Star Beyond. Beyond. Was written, what is this? Was written by who? <laughs> I I <laughs> What? Oh, no, it was written by Simon Pegg. Oh, okay. Remember? <laughs> no. You don't but remember that? But now I do. Yeah, I remember it was written by... Mean Girls. What, written was by Tina, Tina Fey. Yeah. All right. Bridesmaids was also written by... Maybe it's written by the st- one of the stars of the movie. I think that that's kind of the idea, because Bridesmaids was also... Christian Wig wrote that, I believe. Oh. So I, who... Uh, so Deadpool 2? Who, who wrote Deadpool 2? Maybe one of the actors? Rhett Reese? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. And yep, Ryan Reynolds. That's why. Uh, that's okay. Interesting. All right. That's a cool tag, everybody. Go check yeah. that one out. Yeah. That's cool. All right. We figured it out. All right. So that was the plot keywords. Now we're moving on to the Metascore. So we've got an average Metascore of 73. Which is great. Which is very great. I, I got to say, I agree. It's a great movie. It really is. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. You want to read the, low, the lower ones? So we got a 50 from Uprox. Uprox? Never seen that on here before. Yeah, sometimes we see that. Do we? Uh, we also got a 50 from Screen International, which is a little bit longer, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that one. Despite committed performances from LaBeouf, Lucas Hedges, and Noah Jupe, Honey Boy ends up feeling indulgent rather than searing, settling into its anguish rather than translating it into trenchant drama. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. Trenchant. That's I know. A, I think a... that's pretty scathing. I, I would say that this movie was better than just, like, settling into anguish. I thought it was pretty beautiful. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a very, a very, I guess not different. I mean, it seemed very different. It seemed like a, I mean, of course, there were lots of aspects of, like, a lot of relationships, of father-son relationships that are, that are out there and, and written in other stories. But, yeah, like, but, like, like, this one just seems was... so... It still seemed different. This wasn't about, like, usually those movies, especially with father-son relationships, it's about making dad proud. And I feel like with this movie, it was more like the kid was trying to struggle what he really wanted in life. And, like, what he was, like, trying to do to, in order to save himself, you know? Yeah. And he also cared never, about his dad. Yeah, because you never really, like, Otis's, like, main goal was... To have a father, to have his father be there for him and yeah. to help him out, and, and he wasn't the father that he needed him to be, which was no. the problem. And he and he was never going to be. No, he was never going to be. He was reaching for something that was never going to happen, and that's yeah. a very, that's a very interesting way to look at this. Like it's just it's so far fetched, and it's just not going to happen, and it's a lot more devastating. Yeah. Like, because he can never be what he wants him to be. No, no, and he goes on that that whole like. A binge or whatever where he like goes to that strip club and then does coke in the bathroom and just like kind of 
falls over and you're so sad for him. Yeah, after he said that he'd, he'd done so much like coke after Vietnam that he like his nose didn't work anymore. Oh like, my god! Like, and I'm like, and I was just like, you really want to do that now? Like, uh, your nose doesn't work. Yeah, that's yeah. like all I could think of. I was like, oh, your poor nose. I, I didn't even think about that. I was just sad. Yeah, just very sad. Sad. So what does trenchant mean, Emily? Trenchant means keen, sharp, or vigorously effective and articulate. Oh, that's a that's cool. That's a great word. That's a great word. Awesome. We should, we should try to use that more often. That's a great great word. Word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Trenchant drama. A sharp drama. A sharp An drama. An articulate drama. Yeah. All right, I like it. Let's see. Any any of these other ones? Uh... Yeah, let's read the top score. Okay. The rap. Eighty five. The rap gave it an 85. To tell someone else's life story, especially when it's being told with such brutal honesty, is impressive. To do so with... Whoa. To do so with, with, warmth, intellect, and vulnerability is a Herculean feat. Why is there two withs in that sentence? I don't know. Oh, wait. Okay. Okay. To tell someone's life story when it's being told with such brutal honesty is impressive. To do so with, with warmth... Uh, that's dumb that there's two widths in there. That doesn't th- make any sense. I think it's just one width. Yeah. I think that one's there Do by so accident. with warmth, intellect, and vulnerability. Yeah, I, I would say that that's exactly what this movie's about. It's extremely a vulnerable. It, it, presenting that kind of lifestyle. Like, honestly, people probably think, oh, Shia LaBeouf has everything. Why would he be so crazy? Why would he be so weird, you know? Like... Why is he presenting himself this way? Why is he acting this way? It's because he has PTSD. Like, yeah. you don't want that guy's life, you know? Yeah. And and I understand, I understand trying to write it with, you know, young Otis and older Otis, but I just, yeah. I just feel like the younger Otis scenes were so much more impactful. Oh, yeah. And, I, and maybe I just kind of wish that maybe if they just delved more into that and maybe just expanded yeah. on that a bit more. Because they're not very, like... They're not like they and, and then follow maybe, a storyline. They're kind of no. just like they're just like picking out scenes, yeah, certain which scenes, is, which is also very, fine. yeah, which that's is also very interesting it because need to be, yeah, because he was writing it out as he was probably talking to his therapist at thinking rehab. about so, certain things that happened to so him. So it's kind of just down. like a journalistic view yeah. of Shia's life mm-hmm. and the scenes that really spoke out to him, yeah, most, yeah. And then kind of, and then the fact that everything kind of ended up while he was in rehab, like kind of like closes the book. Like this was just him visually retelling, retelling these, these scenes through his, to his child, through his childhood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is very intriguing. Very intriguing. It, it's very beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. It was. I it really was. enjoyed it a lot. It is. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. <laughs> yeah, I know. If we haven't talked it up enough. <laughs> We haven't talked that up enough. It's very good. I was, I was very, uh... I was very impressed. Impressed, yeah. I was impressed by the... I was very the, impressed with Shia's writing. The direction is also very good. Yes. There's no way that this movie would have been the same if it weren't for this director. Like, it could have been completely contrived and ridiculous and totally narcissistic and horrible. But it was yeah. not. I, I would have maybe liked a bit more delving into, a bit more, a bit more detail, a bit more information, like, just a bit more just, like, meat, just to add into it and kind of make it more of a complete thought or more of a complete story. But the fact that this was written while he was in rehab just makes this so much, it makes so much more sense that it was, that it was kind of broken up into pieces like this because he was just rehashing. Yeah. Them hashing these horrific memories. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Some good, some bad. Yeah. M- mostly. In I between. know we're not really explaining like certain specific scenes, but it's kind of 
hard because it was such a it's an experience because they flow between scenes all the time and they're always like talking about his performances which are very remarkable performances by Noah Jupe like that one scene where they're sitting at the table and the dad like in the in the in the scene with him is like telling him that we're not going to forget you son everything's going to be okay and he's like sitting there with the glasses on and he's like all fancy looking oh you know yes and it's just like when he's recording that scene yeah he's like with recording that a scene and he's like oh my god like maybe i could have had this life but then in that interview with shia labeouf the guy brought that scene up and he was like did you ever think this is better than the life i have right now and he said no i didn't i never thought that i never thought that my life was gonna, was any better or different than it actually was it was Mm. It was nothing like what I want. Like, I didn't want a different life. That's, yeah. This is the life that I have, you know? And just look and just regretting it or looking back on it in, in disdain is not going to help anything. And he didn't. And it was like, he said he never wanted anything else. This is the way he wa- He never wanted different parents. This is his parents. He loved them. And th- that's it. It's like, he didn't know what it was really like to be anybody else but himself cuz he was a kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's and it's not like and it's not like every scene was like so impactful. It was was it was all kind of it all felt very day to day as well. Yeah. But was, like but yeah. there were just some things here and there that like really stood out like I really loved the scene where Noah was um, where Otis was talking on the phone yes as his mother to yes. his father and then as his father to his mother on yeah. the phone because they wouldn't they were talking to each other yelling at each other but they wouldn't but it pick was up the phone and their talk son. so he was like acting as the mom like acting it out and that like was, saying what yeah, she was saying yeah and it's yeah. just that such, was a such, lot. such a remarkable performance but totally just like it devastating was to watch horrible things that that she was saying yes. too. she was like you're such a son of a bitch you left me on the side of the road or whatever and then like noah jupe would like do it he'd be like you're such a son of a bitch you like he would like say the way the mom was saying it, like imi- yeah. imitate the mom and she basically said that he like kind of raped her yeah and he was like you did this to me blah, blah. and like the son said that like he was the one who relayed this to his father and then the father would say things back and he would be like like he would like say what the dad said to the mom it was like it was crazy it was hectic it was a very hectic scene yeah and then and then even the very cute scenes that he had with uh what's her name f f k k a twigs twigs f k a twigs yeah yeah she was very sweet and like the little little fun scenes they had together playing like uh yeah mime baseball yeah, it was like very sweet. It was like a mother kind of figure to him. Like they were like laying in bed together and like holding each other, like very sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, just like he needed that comfort. He didn't get it anywhere else. So interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So that was Honey Boy. Yes. So now we're gonna move on to Waves, which is another kind of family dynamic. Uh, we do mm-hmm. have a father son relationship, but we also mm-hmm. have. M- father daughter relationship, mother son relationship, step stepmother right Ste- she's stepmother a, she's son a stepmother right yes also a mother father relationship basically just this family all types of relationships really yeah they really cover girlfriend, everything boyfriend yep. other girlfriend boyfriend <laughs> yeah other girlfriend boyfriend so this movie's like okay so I went to go see this and literally it was so full in this theater. And 
I think I talked about this in another podcast, but I got like a really cool, um, like they gave me a really intense um, survey to take at the end of the movie, which is kind of what happened to you at Seoul, I think. But they gave me this sheet yeah, of paper that had like... but the movie was already released, though. So what was the yeah, survey for? So it was like the first weekend it was out. Yeah. I saw this so long ago. Because I saw the first weekend it was out You did. When you told me you were seeing it, I was like, what? Like, it, it literally it, was not out anywhere else. I didn't I see swear it until like only two in... or three weeks later. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was out it, in my theater and then like probably a couple other theaters and that's it. Like, I swear it was like one of the first theaters to have it. Um, and so it basically, I think some representative from May 24 was there and they just like gave us a survey sheet and it had like, I don't know, like 20 questions on it and they were all like bubble, fill in the bubble questions. Okay. And so they were just like, some of them were like, how many movies have you seen? How many movies do you go see the week? Like, how many movies are you planning on going to see? And then you had to like bubble in all the ones you wanted that you were planning on going to see. And of they course, named I named bu- movies. Yeah, they named all the movies, and they were like, how, "Which A two four movies have you seen?" And I bubbled in like a lot of them. They're like, "Which ones are you going to see?" And I had to bubble in all those. I mean, I literally was like the number one demographic that they were looking for in this movie. They're like, where did you see our ads for this movie? Uh, you know, do you, do you watch YouTube, uh, Netflix, um, Instagram, Facebook, podcasts? And I was just like, everything was bubbled in because I do all those things, right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, I go see, you know. They're like, how many movies do you see a month? Like, less than one. <laughs> one to two. Three to four, five to six, more. And I was like, more? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't get to see more than four, but that's what I put. Um, yeah. Pretty much, uh, pretty much I was seeing five per month. Yeah. That was how, and then this that's, month I've surpassed that some, completely. But Some months, like earlier in the year, I've been see- I saw less. But now, I mean, you and I have seen, I mean, last week we saw three movies. The week before we saw three movies. Like, we're, we're like... It's, yeah, I'm definitely over five right, right now, now. It's a lot because we've been seeing a lot of movies this month because we have to. But um, before, like, I mean, I, it just depended on the month. But it was definitely more than most people. Let's let's just put it that way. Yeah, I'll say most people don't go to the movies very often. No. So it, to us, it's like, oh, we're gonna go see this movie. But anyway, we took the whole survey and everything, um, and it was a very like busy screening as well. So I wonder what they're gonna do with that info. Like, oh, they, they probably used it to help target, like yeah, to help like targeting normal a bit more. Yeah, I think it was all about marketing. Well, the movie is still in theaters. Yeah, but so I had actually never seen a trailer for this movie before I watched it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I saw. I saw at least. I saw quite a few trailers before I, of the same trailer at least. Yeah, before watching it, I didn't. I didn't see any trailers, and I. I but you know what I did see was the. Uh, my AMC, you know, every AMC has, like, kind of stand-up posters that are, yeah. like, big. Yeah. There was a big one that I, I remember seeing, and I was like, oh, I should probably see this movie. Yeah, and I felt like the trailer, the trailer definitely helped me plan out the movie, because we'll, we'll kind of get into the movie, because the movie kind of had two stories. Yeah, I didn't know that. And the trailer... I didn't think the I didn't think the movie was gonna have two stories, but when it kind of was telling the first story, movie. when it told the first story, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well, there's gonna be way more after this because in the trailer there were there were a lot of uh-huh. there were a lot of scenes that I hadn't seen yet. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, okay, we have to see we have to see a lot of this stuff still. So I oh, knew that the, the movie with the sister, yes, with the sister, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I didn't know. So I thought when he was sitting in the back of the cop car um, and the lights went on, I thought, I'm exhausted. Is this the end of the movie? Because it was such an emotional yes. ending. Like after he kind of, he accidentally murders his girlfriend. Yes. His pregnant girlfriend. Which again. It's a- horrible. A24, man. Right? This was A24? Yeah. Doing doing these like, doing these 360 type of movies. I didn't. So, of, of course you're watching this whole movie in the the pacing, the tenseness of this entire movie. It's tense the whole movie. Like, in the first the first half, okay? Yeah. It's tense the first half of the movie, which is... There's basically two different movies in this. It's there, not yes. even, like... I wouldn't even say it's one movie. I would say it's two separate movies together in one film. Yes. Because that's how it felt. They were so different. So wildly different from each other. Right? It's the same direction for two short films. It basically. is. Basically. I mean, yeah. The, there were definitely two separate people's stories that we were talking about, but it still felt very continuous to me. Like, like even throughout the second half. Yeah. They alluded to the first half a lot in the second half in terms of, like, how they were feeling about the brother, but they never really had anything focused. Like, you were really not, like, involved in him at all. It was like, once he went to jail, he was basically dead. You Bas- know? Yeah, basically. Like, it's kind of like that's how they treated until, it. Until the, until the stepmom went and visited him. I think, one time. Right? Didn't she yeah, do yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. She does, but you don't hear him talk. He doesn't say anything. Yeah, so basically the first half of this movie um, is we kind of, we we meet we meet the son, Tyler. Tyler, yes. Um, yes. His his father, Sterling Brown, who is just oh, doing K. Brown. Yep. phenomenal things oh, right yeah. now. He's amazing. He is just amazing. <laughs> He, he I love this really man. is great. And he's great in this movie too because he's so he's he's so commanding. Yes. And and he does it in a lot of his roles. Like in in uh in Black Panther, mm-hmm. he was he was a lot softer of a character because um he he was that he was the father of the son and and he just seemed very mm-hmm. like fatherly. But I yeah. but I have been seeing a lot more roles of him right now. Um he's in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh-huh. Um. Wow, he is. Yes. <gasps> what? Yes. Excuse me. Yes. Oh my god. <gasps> Come on. Oh, look forward to that. <laughs> look forward to that. I'm so excited. Um. I love him. And yeah, so he's he's definitely very dynamic. He's he's really been doing a lot of different types of roles. I also think he's a voice in that new. Uh, he actually he was a voice in Frozen. He was a voice in Frozen. Yes, he was. He was the uh, captain. Yes. Yeah. So he's doing a he's doing oh, he's work so, right now. So great, he's doing so much work I right love now. Him so much. Um, but he plays the father, a kind of like strict father, you know. Yeah, he, very he kinda, strict. Very he kind of like tries to talk to Tyler about you know he has to, he has to work a lot harder um, at the things he wants to do in life, like the goals that he wants to reach. He has to work a lot harder than you yeah. know the white man. Like he's really gotta. I see where he's coming from, yes. but he's also pushing his son too hard. Yes, we definitely see... You see both sides of the coin. And that's why I want to talk about Honey Boy and Waves together was because they both have their own versions of, like, toxic masculinity. Yes. Of just, like... Mm Mm-hmm. Of just 
pushing your children too far or, you know, not really not giving them, to not them. listening to them, not giving them what they truly need, which is just yeah, love and affection support. and support and like, you know, still pushing them to do their best. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously. I understand where he's coming from. So like everything that he says, it's like, oh, I know he wants his son to be, he wants his son to succeed. He yes. wants his son to be the best uh, yes. wrestler that he can be. He wants his son to succeed in high school. But that school. stuff kind of clouds his judgment when he's kind of yes. thinking too much about that. He's, he's pushing him too hard in the gym. And then it causes his his son's um, shoulder injury. to injure yeah, shoulder so injury. bad that he doesn't... He goes to the doctor alone, doesn't even... Um, tell his family that he's got a major injury to his shoulder because he's afraid what his dad's gonna say. To where his doctor said, "Stop wrestling. Stop. Like, you, you are gonna hurt yourself so much. Going that you're to never gonna yourself. be able to return to wrestling ever again. Yeah, you will never be able to recover if you do not start looking into this and taking care of it now. And, and he's, you know he's gonna ignore it because he's a teenager and he does. He doesn't have the responsibility of somebody who's older to say to himself, "This is better for me than screwing my life up." Yeah, he's only. Been been told work a, hard yes. push hard deal with everything else later like that's all he's been told and taught and he's working and he's he's reacting out of fear yeah. like he's not going to and this he's is, not going to stop he's not going to change I've never seen a movie about teenagers like this movie I mean this is the most realistic version I've ever seen of a Yes I, yes I can't even like I was watching this movie and I was like totally floored by the feeling of understanding the mind of of a teenager. I don't understand kids these days. No. And I'm not even, like, I'm not even that far off from being a teenager. And it was like, I don't know what they're doing now. This movie, I think every parent should see this movie. Every parent. Yes, exactly. And... And so we kind of see this, like, manifest into something worse. You know, the son, he's... He's stealing his his father's pain medication because yeah. he can't get any himself yeah. because he hasn't so talked to the doctor pain. and he hasn't told his parents about his <sighs> his extreme pain. He's still going to matches. He's in obvious pain. When he went to that match yeah. and he was like on the floor like and crying. you and you like heard a pop or you like heard a crunch <sighs> in his arm. I was I was just in the movie theater like <sighs> the whole. Like so, so bad, so bad. It so hurt. Like, it hurt me. It, it hurt, hurt me. It hurt me watching this poor man. Yes, like literally struggling. This poor teenager just just having such a hard time uh, with with his emotions and his his struggles and everything that he didn't let anybody know. Like he wasn't talking to anybody about how he was feeling. And that was, like, the sad part about this family was that they were all in their own worlds. They didn't have time for each other. They just, like, kind of, like, said, oh, you're going to be fine, right? Okay. And then never really, like, delved into their emotional health. No. And that's what happened to Tyler. He His emotional health was so fucked up and no one was listening to him and no one wanted to hear what he had to say that he ended up doing something so violent and horrible and I feel like that's the, the tale of a lot of kids, you know? And and then he was reduced to that one thing that he did for the rest of his life, right? And, of course, because he murdered somebody. But it was like, he was driven to do... Like, eventually, that's what happened. And you feel so bad for him because he was not given the opportunity to to express himself emotionally in, like, any way at yeah, all. to work through these feelings. To, to work, work through anything. And so he became very violent 
Yeah, because he just had all this pent up like frustration <sighs> and anger, and he was just confused. Like, I mean, he had this he had this girl, <sighs> Alexis. He he didn't know how to he, communicate he, with her either. He adored her. He just wanted to be with her. She was the only thing that like brought him solace in the times that he wasn't yeah, wrestling yeah. and when he like wasn't with his family because yeah. like he would he would go out and party and drink with his friends and like just kind of go out and like kind of like let it all out uh, for like one night and like probably like let off all the steam. Yeah. And that's and then how he it would starts. kind of go back. Yes, he was he was just driven. reckless. He was riv- yeah, he was driven to this reckless attitude uh-huh. because it was the only way to to relax, to let off steam, to do drugs and drink a lot re- and yeah, drive around in these like kind of like party atmospheres. Yeah, just playing music really loud in, in and Florida and like just kind of yeah, like that party kind of feeling and just really a lot of like yeah, it's it's so hard to watch it because that's how that's how the director wants you to feel. Then the cinematography where it's like spinning around and you're watching these like yeah, when you're in the car and you have someone in the driver's seat and in the passenger seat and this 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 camera is just spinning revolving around. around and it's just it was nauseating. It it's, was nauseating. It makes you feel like whatever's going on in that car and is, it was, is unsafe and yes. uncomfortable. And you don't want your kids to be doing that ever. Like, it's just, I was, like, watching this and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've driven around with my music up really loud before. Is this what I feel like? Like, I I don't know. Like, <laughs> but I've never been drunk driving around. No, no. You know, like, I just, like, to me, that, that stressed me out because I was afraid somebody was getting in a car accident and just die, like, right there, you know? Yeah, because it's hard to it's hard to think sometimes or, or like concentrate when you have the music up. But yeah, basically these very, yeah. And, and even though I, f- I found the rotating camera very nauseating at times, I, I did, I did like it. And I do kind of see like what they were kind of trying to do. It was just like teenagers and probably kids of this age and going through all of this is just, it's all just a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Like you're just, yeah, yeah. You're, you're just doing one thing and then you're off doing another thing. You're feeling this way. You're yeah. feeling that way. It's just so a heightened. constant, yes, heightened, constant motion, constant movement. Yeah. Never slowing down. No. It's just one thing after the other, after the other. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no it's pause. Like pressure and then release and pressure and release. And then all of a sudden you're beating somebody up and it's like, Yes. I get, I understand. That's just the first half of the movie. Yeah. And just, and then all of this kind of leading up, because I think by the time he finds out that Alexis is pregnant, pregnant, he already had found out about his injury, correct? Yes. He had had to stop wrestling. And so he was kind of in that mode of like. That's right. He had a sling when he was driving with her yeah, at one time. And yeah. then he like told her to get out because he, they went to Planned Parenthood. They, well, yeah. And she they didn't went, get the abortion. She didn't get the abortion. Oh, man. And uh, <laughs> so just all of these anxieties. I mean, she, just he's on top like, of each okay, other. I'm going to be a good boyfriend. I'm going to take you to get an abortion. She's like, I don't want to do it. And he's like, You didn't. Wait, what do you mean he didn't do it? And you then, went in there. Why did you? you... I, and then, of course, she's scared. Of course, she's scared. That's yeah. very scary. Like, and he went in there, but how is he supposed to know how she's feeling? And she's like, you don't understand. You don't understand. He's like, what? What? I don't understand. Why don't you do this? And I mean, to me, I'm seeing it from both perspectives. I understand why she's scared. I understand why this is something she doesn't want to do. Because she doesn't want to give... This is her body. This is something that's very frightening. She has to go through surgery in order to get rid of this baby. I understand. But then he's like... What the fuck? You can't have a baby? You're like 17 years old. You know, he's like, he's got, I see the perspective of the two people and it's like yes. you're watching them fight. I mean, for him, it was like a very selfish motive. Because, of course it's selfish. Because he's, 
he's the only one that can think about himself. Like, yeah. Like, no one else... No one I else mean, is thinking about I mean, him yes, and his mental health and his life. I mean, yes, his father is... is would would gladly say otherwise and say he's only thinking about his son, but not in the way that, not no. in the way that Tyler needs. So no, like, yeah. so Tyler was thinking very selfishly about this whole situation, but he was just, he hadn't, he never told his family. No, he like, never like, did. He never told like him Alexis about the baby. Like Alexis was open with her family and told, told him that she was pregnant and she wanted to keep it. And they yeah. were completely supportive of this. And Tyler was only thinking of himself and what his father would think and what that would do for his, for his future. Of course. Which is which is all he thinks about but 24/7. how could you how could you fault him for thinking that way i mean it is about him it's about his life you can't because if he's because he's a teenager and who and who else is thinking about him no one just him yeah. he need he needs to care for himself and that's just and that's just not what's happening and i also enjoyed that they that they really left the relationship at mm-hmm. that space mm-hmm. like yeah. they, it was definitely purely Mm-hmm. A high school relationship. They were very into each other. Like, yeah. pro- probably Alexis wanted more. She probably wanted to communicate with him more. Yeah. But it was just a little... It was hard getting him to communicate, to reciprocate when she was trying to talk to him. Yeah. And... But then that would kind of... But then when he would lash out, that would cause her to just not want to talk to him anymore. Like, you know, I can't discuss things with you like this. We can't yeah. communicate properly like this. Yeah, no. So it just... It was a very... It was very dynamic. Like, it, it was. was very real. Like... It was excellent filmmaking. Yeah. Like, okay, let's just boil it down to the fact that this is this is a film. Like so, this is only forty five minutes of a movie, basically, right? Like an hour. It was like a two hour movie. This was like an hour long, like situation where the director managed to get inside this man's head. Two hours and fifteen minutes. They covered a lot. I mean, it is incredible how much you are part of this man's life and you understand his relationship with everybody in his family. And the way that he talks to his girlfriend, the way that, what he's really thinking and how uncomfortable he is. I mean, he gets, like, so frustrated and he tears up his whole room. But it's an, a great performance by this this man of... Kelvin. Kelvin Harrison Jr. I mean, phenomenal. Oh, my God. Like, this guy is excellent. This is a... This is a wonderful performance. And it's like, the filmmaker just does such a great job getting you into this head of this this teenager a black teenager of a pretty wealthy family also and what and what seems like a very stable household seems stable but it's not like st- stable financially i mean yeah they kind of talk about oh, yeah, 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 they yeah, kind of yeah. talk about troubles with the business and how they really had to focus a lot of their time with the business yeah i get it yeah sure um, but they're living but yeah. in a really nice house yes they have really nice cars like he's driving around like an escalade yeah. I mean, it's like he is driving around in this basic tank of a car, like recklessly, like smashing into things. Like, I mean, oh God, it just, it's, it's a, it's such a perspective. It's such a, it's such a singular perspective and like actual life of a person it just felt like this person was so real to me yes this entire family felt extremely realistic exactly and i loved and and we'll kind of talk about the second half of this movie because yeah, we're just talking about the first half right now that's, this I, is the first I know. half of the damn movie i know and we get and and i just loved the the <sighs> cause and effect like how this rolled over into into the other daughter like into the other yeah. sibling yeah because you see her only a little bit where she takes care of her brother 
Yeah, when he comes home kind of drunk, really he's, like, drunk. he's very he's very out he's of like it. He's like throwing to, up or something. He's throwing and... up like in a bathtub. Like he's trying to he's trying to like run a bathtub for himself, and he's just like throwing up. This is right after he found out that his girlfriend was pregnant. I think, and when he does that, I think so. Yeah, and then he's like at that bonfire with his friends, and then he goes home and he's really really drunk. Oh yeah, he somehow made it home without crashing his car. He somehow always makes it home from these. From these endeavors, but the, oh and it made me very anxious. It was it was such an anxious movie. This yes. first half of the movie, and I was it so was. like uncomfortable with it. That's why I thought that when when the it kind of changed from red to blue with the sirens and stuff, like with that kind of like seeping color scape that we had in the middle. Yeah, I that, thought that the movie was over. I was like, oh, is it done? And then it wasn't done. We still like another hour. Yeah, there were scenes. There, there were, like, kind of transitioning segments where it kind of looked like, you know how when you, like, just close your eyelids? Yeah. And sometimes you can see different, like, lights, like, kind of, like... It was like when... Shining, shining behind your eyelids. In Pride and Prejudice, when when Lizzie is laying down on, and with her aunt and uncle and is going to Derbyshire, and you could see all the lights flickering around. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, and so, and so when, yeah, so when he was in... When he was in the cop car, and they just did that for a long time. They did it for a while. I really with the music. I really thought that it was amazing music. that it was gonna be done, but yeah, but no, no. We have a whole no, other and story now we to had tell. an entire other story to tell. So are we are we done talking about Tyler's story then? Yes. So we're we gonna move on to uh, Emily's story. Emily, yes, with Taylor Russell, who is amazing. She is also phenomenal, and we will we will tell you why. And so is Lucas Hedges. So we kind of have. <laughs> Kind of what happens after the fact. Um, Emily was already a very shy character. Yeah, super she kinda, shy. She kept to herself. She's always listening to music, just kind of keeping to herself. You never really saw her at all dur- during Tyler's part. Other than taking care of her brother. Yes, other than taking care of her brother um, and kind of just being in her room, just kind of like living. Um, never with saw her. With her cat. With her cat. Kitty. Yeah, never saw her with any friends, so really don't know if she started off the movie with any. Didn't seem like she had any friends. Didn't seem like it. Um, but definitely, so is she like definitely... a freshman in co- in high school? Is that what she's supposed to be? Or like a sophomore? Oh, maybe. Yeah, she might have been a I year. I think she was like a sophomore. Sophomore? Yeah, like 16, 17 years old. Because he was in his senior year, right? Yeah, he was like 17 or 18. Because he was looking at, at college recruitment. I bet she's like 15 or 16. Yeah. it's It seems that way. So we have the aftermath of what happened to her brother. She... You know, she kind of uncovers that, you know, she deleted Instagram because she was getting a lot of hate messages. Right, because... Because of her brother. Tyler and people are taking out a lot horrible. of their... Taking a, a lot of their anger out on Tyler on her. Well, and yeah, I mean, it's it's bad. She's just become completely isolated in school. Yeah. Which is just horrible to do to her because she had nothing to do with that. No, but it's and so, And like, just... You feel so bad for her because this is actually the worst thing that could happen to her. I mean, it's like her brother is and a bad guy. And all she can do is and... feel bad. Yeah. Because she knew her brother was hurting yeah, and she couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't do them. She couldn't do anything about it. And she knew that he didn't do it on purpose. Like, this was just... It was a freak thing. It he was... just was so pent up with rage and, and violence that he just had to... He just kind of whacked his girlfriend down and she ended up... She ended up dying. Dying. Yeah. It's yes. a horrible. Terrible terrible tragedy. So we kind of just have her doing her own thing for the first couple of days. Um, and then you find her sitting outside. Yeah. Listening to her music. And, uh, oh, before Tyler had gone to jail, we did see some scenes with Lucas Hedges had started wrestling. Yeah. We saw him wrestling him in one scene. 
In, in one scene we saw... Yes, during practice. One or two scenes, because he kind of, like, whacks him down or something. He, yes. He, like, kind of hits him in the head or something when he, like... Yeah, doesn't like, he, like, kind of punch him? He kind of, like, punched him in the face. In the lip or something? And his lip starts to bleed. Yeah. Yeah. So he started wrestling, and so he knew... And I thought, like, literally, I, I heard that this... I, okay, this is how I heard that Lucas Hedges was in this movie. Because of the sheet. It said... Are you? Do you like to see films with Sterling K. Brown? And I said, sure, yeah. And then it said, Are you seeing this movie because of, of Lucas Hedges? Oh, you Hedges. filled the sheet out before. Yeah, there was the sheet was before you see the movie and after you see the movie. Oh, and then the before you see the movie part, it said, Do you see movies with Lucas Hedges? And I was like, Lucas Hedges is in this movie. <laughs> no idea of course and yeah, then of was, course i saw trailer. him in the first half of the movie he's in one or two scenes very very briefly he didn't say am anything I, am i blind is he not on here here he is i found him okay <laughs> luke is his name like, and and oh i thought oh okay i guess the movie's only lucas hedges is only in about one scene of this movie i don't really consider him to be part of this movie and then it turns out he's in the second half quite a bit so he's in a i had no idea i that's anyway that's my story so Ha, I love this so much. Lucas Hedges plays <laughs> plays another guy on the wrestling team named Luke. He seems a little, he seems a little in his own world. He kind of just does whatever. He yeah, just kind of like part of the improv team or something. Yeah, so he just <laughs> he doesn't really have a place in school. You know, he doesn't. He's not a part of any cliques. It seems. I mean, probably he hangs out with the wrestling people, but he seems he seems kind of displaced as well as as well as Emily. So it seems like. They would, they would meet, but only because Lucas introduced himself to her in a super cute way. <laughs> he was so cute. He walks up to her and he's like, "Oh, um, hey!" Like he he stumbles on his words. He, he asks her for for lunch and it's just like, you know, what do you like? like what, what are you, are you doing? doing? And then she's like, "Oh, I'm just listening to some music." And he's like, "Oh, what are you listening to?" And then he says like something wrong. He like says like. He says a word wrong. I'm sorry. I haven't seen this in a while, but he stumbles over his words, and then she's like, oh. did you just say that? And he's like, oh, no, I meant, I meant this. Like, he doesn't say things correctly. Yeah, he's obviously he's so nervous. very nervous. <laughs> and, um, and doesn't the movie start, doesn't the movie start with Emily on her bike or something? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of, it ends on her bike, too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's, she's, like, riding on her bike. Um, so they go and have lunch together. They kind of... It's so sweet. Yeah, you know, it's it's very first date. They're just, like, kind of talking, like, trying to, you know, yeah. songs playing. And she's like, oh, I love this song. Because it was a song that, uh, that like, her and her family, like, sang together in the car or yeah, something. Yeah, they were singing the song like, in I, the I think car when, together. I think her stepmom's name was Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Catherine, like, picked him up and they, like, sang the song in the car. Yeah. And they would sing it together. And then they, like, he asks her, like, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up and stuff and, like... Oh, that she, then she says, like, I'll follow you on Instagram or something. Or I, I tried to find you on Instagram, and he, she's like, oh, I don't have an Instagram, because I had to, I had to delete it, because my brother. And he's yeah, like, and oh, he's, yeah. he seemed kind of out of the loop, because he was like, oh, yeah, why? Because he, like, he just didn't really he didn't didn't know didn't what understand. was happening. I mean, he totally, yeah. he knew, but he just, like, didn't well, yeah. remember. And he was like, oh, yeah. And then, so they go or, on, like. knew that she was being treated terribly because of it. Yeah. They go but. on, like, a bunch of dates. Like, basically, then they graduate, they, like, leave school, and then they have summer. And then they start summer, and then they're, like, they're hanging out a lot. Yes. Like, you, you, it's basically, like, a montage yeah, of, of them, like, with the music, and they're just, like, just, in all these different scenarios where the two of them are together and laughing and talking and, like, enjoying each other, and it's yeah. really quite sweet. 
It really is. Driving around and stuff. And, and going on little day trips, like, yeah. over to swim with the manatees. No, she's, he's like, hey, you know, maybe, do you maybe want to go up with me to go see the aquarium? And she's like, sure, I'll go with you. And Yeah, and she's kind of doing the same thing that Tyler was doing, where she kind of would, like, lie to her parents and, yeah, like, go on yeah. these day trips, because, like, who knows if they would have ever... Let her go. Let her go. After what happened to Tyler. Exactly. And then, so she, like, does it with him, and they go to, like, the aquarium together, and they, like, pet the, pet the sea animals, and they, like, they, they kiss. It's so sweet. They're very sweet. The two of them are very sweet, and it's just <laughs> it's very... so it's, much. I was, it was, like, dying. It was a very, it was a very pure thing to watch after... Right after this after terrible all the violence. horrible things that were happening in the first 45 minutes of the movie. Just, like, yelling all the time and stuff, you know? And we kind of uncover that, you know, Luke has... A father that, you know, kind of left the family, but yeah, he finds out yeah. that he's dying. Yeah, he has cancer. And he's in, he's in, a, he's in, like, Missouri or something. He has, like, two states over. Yeah. And, they have to, and then they're, like, they find out. So, this, by this point, they're kind of, like, they're already very close. Like, they've, they've, oh, and then they have that cute little sex scene. They do. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're dying. It's so cute. <laughs> And then they're just like they're so sweet. They're so like they go on like that little trip together with his friends, and they they, yeah. they take acid or something, and they're just like running around in the in the, the golf course the golf or something. Course, and like the sprinklers the are sprinklers on. Sprinklers are going on. They're both really high, and they're just like oh, and it's like it's it's a, so pure and adorable, you know. It's they're just like, really having a good time, and it's just oh, really different. It's such a different vibe than the first half of the movie, like. That little sex scene is so cute. And another scene that I really enjoyed <laughs> in the in the second half with um was with her and and Sterling. Yes. Like when they're kinda like at the park by the lake and he's just kinda because him and Catherine had kind of That's because, like after they go to see the dad though. That's like a that's afterwards. Right? Or is yes. it before they go to Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so while so while Emily and Luke are off having like a great little relationship, Catherine and Sterling are kind of Oh no. Their relationship are, is failing. Going down the toilet. Well, it's not going in the toilet. It's just they're having a hard time because they're kind of the the mom is blaming the dad for for what happened with the son. And, right. And the fact, you know, I don't think he's blameless. He really did not that, not that what the son did. So this this whole situation of who's to blame for what happened with Tyler, and that's the thing is like it's blame, nothing. It's not blame isn't healthy. But you want to do that, like as the watcher, you're like, oh my god, the dad was really harsh on the son. That's what drove him to do this. But then you're thinking to yourself, like, but also the son didn't feel like he could reach out. Was that the father's, like? Whose fault was that? Like, we need to be open. We need to be speaking about these things in a family. They thought that they were a, a good, happy, healthy family. They thought that they were expressing how they felt about things and their emotions and what was hard and what wasn't hard, but they weren't. Like, and no. that was the that was their failing as an entire family that they did wrong and that he ended up murdering somebody because of that. Yes, and so because of that. Catherine is feeling like, you know, she can't even look at at Ronald without thinking, yeah, of, Tyler thinking of Tyler and just being sad. Feeling like th they failed him. Feeling they failed him, thinking she could have done something more to help him out and yeah. just not being there for him. These um, are all very valid things to think. To, yes. Truly. And she's, and she's just, and where Ronald's kind of trying to just push it off and just kind of get past it, she's... Yeah. 
she's trying to properly grieve and trying yeah, to properly hard. trying to properly work through all of these feelings of sadness mm-hmm. and which is very which is oh, which is good for her she's trying it is good she's trying to she's trying to deal with it in her own way yeah and it just doesn't seem like ronald's helping and so they're having their own issues and that's where it kind of uncovers that you know and and i, I think at this time they i think they kind of realize that emily's maybe not talking to them, really, not and kind of, like, much. going off and doing her own thing. Yeah. Um, and not really keeping them in the loop. And so they just, they're just afraid that this is going to happen again. Right. They're worried that they're failing their daughter, too. And they're like, okay, so what are we going to do about her? How do we make sure that she gets the proper support? Yeah. And so you know. it finally, finally comes into Ronald's head that he needs, that he needs to talk to her. Like, yeah. He, like, do they go fishing? Yes. They do go fishing. And I thought they had a very sweet, like, I almost started crying during this scene. Yeah, Because yeah. it was very moving. Yeah. And it definitely, like, made me think about my family yeah. and my father and just, like, how you all forget to communicate properly and you all forget to talk to each other. But when you do, it just so is so relieving and uh-huh. it's such a weight off your chest that you can just share your feelings with your family, yeah. which is what you need to do. And you know you fight, you know that's just that's just stuff that happens. But you work through it, and you're still there for each other. And so this just made me this mm-hmm. made me really reflect upon a lot of things. And it just it just seems so real and and beautiful. It was very beautiful. She says to her dad, she says like, you know, you can tell me what you want to say, Dad. Like I'll be here for you. I'm glad that you told me that. That's what she says to him. Yeah, because it works both ways. Like yeah. it doesn't have to just be the kids talking to the parents because yeah. they need it. It can definitely go the other way around. Yeah. And, like, he says... He says the problems that they've been having, the mother and the father, um, to the daughter. And then she's like, I'm glad that you told me, Dad. You know, and it... And then feeling that, like... Then she says she feels guilty as well for the brother. Because she feels like she should have spoken up and she should have said something. Yeah, she knew he was coming home and drunk discombobulated. and discombobulated and, and just crying and, just, you know, that's what he would do. And he would cry so hard he would, like, choke, you know? Yeah. And she, like, saw that and he she didn't say anything and she didn't do anything because, of course, she was scared. And, of course, it's like, who was, you know, again... And she didn't know how to properly help. Yeah, and, like, so many people are going through so many difficult things and they just, like, don't know how to properly express themselves and properly, like, explain how they're feeling because it's hard to see other people's perspective sometimes, you yeah, know? Exactly. That's, the, that's like, the hard, you know, that's, like, why this movie is so important because you have so many different perspectives in this movie. You have the mom, the son, the daughter, the dad, the, the boyfriend, the girlfriend. Like, you're seeing it from such a perspective, all these different people who... Uh, who who greatly affect each other? Yeah, they're like you, always like and healing things, from each other. How things escalate and roll over into the next child, like, like you, waves, like waves, like waves, <laughs> like waves. Exactly. It's yeah. just it just it covered so much important things that yeah. just I feel like are so important right now. And I just I love very realistic movies right now, it's like very hyper realistic that movie. just portray real relationships, real people, real families, real outcomes, like mm-hmm. real cause and effect situations. Mm-hmm. And this is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. That like whole scene with the son, like with Lucas Hedges and his dad, like the daughter like messages 
her parents how much she loves them and how happy she is. Yeah, because she'd been gone for a couple of days, uh-huh. and they're like, Emily, please Yeah, like, where are you? What back? is going where on? Where are you? And she should have told them, but, like, then she messages them, I'm glad that I'm your daughter. I'm glad that you raised me. And it's like, it's very sweet that she says that to them because they need to hear it. Because they're grieving and they're struggling. And they're completely out of the loop. And yeah. and, and for all they know, they're failing her as well. And they just don't, they don't even, even know, know what to do about it. But she's she's got less pressure on her shoulders than the son did. Yeah. Like, the, the mom even says, like, you don't even parent your daughter to... To... Yeah, all of his focus was on Tyler, which yeah. drove him to do that, yeah. and then, and because he just kind of left Emily off to the side and just let her go and do whatever, she just went off and did whatever. It just I mean, happened to be that she was a smart person, and she didn't do anything too crazy, you know? Like, but what if she did? Like, you don't know what kind yeah. of kid you're gonna have. You never know. You don't know what kind of person they're gonna be. You know, they just, like... Not every kid is good kids. I mean, some and people... and that's you don't have to be a helicopter parent, no, but like no, you should no. just you should just encourage communication. Encourage, yeah, encourage communication and good choices. You know, because I felt like with this watching the kids make terrible choices constantly, I was just like, why the fuck would you do that? Like I would, I would never do that to my parents. Like not tell them what I was doing or what I was up to, or you know, like. Yeah. That's just the kind of relationship I have with my parents. I understand that when you're a parent, you're going to be acting differently to your kids. Like, I don't know what kind of parent I'm going to be. That sounds difficult. How are you supposed to know what to do, what the right thing is, what the wrong thing is, how they're going to react to the certain things that you say? Everybody's different, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard to it's hard to tell. I mean, it just made me even more afraid to be a parent, this movie. There's no, there's no right or wrong way. No. Lucas Hedges was so cute. <laughs> oh my god, I was like dying. Was very cute. The, like so, I thought okay. So the first half of this movie is so different than the second half. It's basically like a cautionary tale and then a romantic movie and like a first love sweet movie in the second half. You know, yeah. it's like such different feelings of ming like mingled as as an actual. Like, as a teenager, right? Because, like, so many teenagers have kind of the same the same dichotomy of feeling a lot of pressure while also having their first love or having a safe space where they feel comfortable like like the daughter does in this movie, yeah. you know, with, yeah. with Lucas Hedges. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that was Waves. Super amazing. Yeah, I really liked it. I hope more people see this movie. I'm, I'm going to recommend the shit out of it. Yeah, to everybody. It was good. Let's look at these plot keywords, shall we? So we've got African American, Black American, family relationships, father-son relationship, father-daughter relationship. Well, that's the movie. <laughs> yep, it, that sure that sure covers, covers like... Oh, oh, and we got mother-daughter relationship, brother-sister relationship. Isn't this exactly what we just said? Yeah. I, that was what we said at the beginning of that's, the... That's how we started. That's, that's how, how we, we started intro. this. That's how we introed this movie. Wow, this movie is just about relationships. Thanks. Husband-wife relationship. Wow. Step, stepmother, stepson relationship. <laughs> stepmother, stepdaughter relationship. <laughs> we said all of those things. Underwater scene. Oh my gosh. When, when Alexis kept slapping Tyler. Oh God. I was, I was like, oh those, my god. Those two did not, 
they just were not they they weren't they didn't know how to talk to each other no but like truly yes i how do you teach people communication skills i don't know oh my god how the fuck were they supposed to learn that i i don't understand it's hard to just communicate with somebody next to you you and i have a hard time sometimes communicating (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, it It's tough. It's, it's, it's really... so hard. Plus, there's texting, which is also in this movie. Which is terrible. Which is not a good way to communicate. But yeah, the yeah the texting that was happening between Tyler and Alexis was just... It was making me so angry. It was aggravating me so much. <laughs> oh, I hate texting. I, I hate... Just... I hate texting so much. Not to mention, like, okay, so, like, I basically developed, like, most of my romantic relationship with my boyfriend through text because we live so far away from each other. Then we were like, we should probably be talking on the phone. Like, I couldn't do it for that long, just Mm -hmm. texting for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had to, like, bring it over to talking. You can't just do everything on the phone. It's, like, impossible. No. We we get things, we get our communication lines crossed all the time. We say one thing, we mean another thing constantly. Because you can't really tell what somebody's saying when they're texting. No. You know? Definitely not. It's crazy. So let's move on to the Metascore. So we've got... Oh my god. I love this. (laughs) There's just big little lies all over this page. All over this page, yeah. Oh, amazing. So, for Metascore, got an 81. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Which is very good. Yeah. Just very good. And I... Do not disagree. No, it's a very good movie. It's so good. And there's a lot of 100s on this page. Oh, we got a 60 on here. Let's see what The Guardian had to say. So there are two films here. Yeah, <laughs> there are said two that. films. Um, one is Frightening and Poignant, and the other Tender but Slight. Oh, so cute. The first one will haunt me, even if the second will fade. Like, that's just... I love the second one. Like, Benjamin, did you not... Did you not, like, grasp the underlying, like, everything? Artistry of this movie. Like, like it, this this seems very just, like, vague and over the top. Like, sure, this was what, this, this is what happened in the first and second half, but did you, but did you really grasp it? Did you firmly grasp <laughs> it in your head? <laughs> firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. <laughs> Come back to me, Benjamin, when you firmly grasped it. Yeah, right. All right. What else we got here? Um, I think we should read 100. We there got a are lot of four 100s on here. Four 100s. Okay. We got a 400 in my book. Oh, my God. It's it's great. Okay. Um, I'm going to read the 100 from the RogerEbert.com. Okay, okay. okay. I like Roger Ebert. <laughs> yep. Waves is unexpectedly ambitious and confident. The work of a filmmaker in complete control of his talents and using them to challenge himself. This is a deeper and more profound film than your average character drama. A masterpiece that's hard to walk away from without checking your own grievances and grief. The ripple effect continues. Wow. Emily. Thank you. You said, like, most of that? Thank you. This entire review that we've just been doing? Maybe I should be writing for (laughs) RogerEbert.com. The whole ripple effect thing, the whole grief and the grieving and relating it to yourself. That's exactly what you just did. Checking your own grievances and grief. This is just, this is just. Wow. This, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah, it's a good movie. Oh man. This is a deeper and more profound film. Yep, yep, yep. Oh man. 
You want to read another 100 or maybe one of the middle ground ones? Whatever you want. Uh, let's, 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 let's look over here. Um. Also, I forgot to mention that this movie is actually written and directed by a white man. Did really? you know that? No. Did you think it was a black man? I, I never, I never thought about it. You never too really hard. thought about it? Yeah. I thought it was a black guy, but it wasn't. Really? Yeah. Schultz is a, a white guy. Really? Yeah. It surprised me. Wow. Trey Edward Schultz. Yeah. And wrote it. Let's see what else, what else you've been working on, sir. He's pretty cute. Let's see. It comes at night. We never, never seen that. This, this has got to be his first big, big movie. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. He's Krisha. just done some shorts. That's a short film. What is this? Krisha. I don't know. Looks scary. Wow. Wow. Okay. Krisha returns for Thanksgiving. It's got an eighty-six on. Yeah, it sure does. Wow. We should watch this. Returns for Thanksgiving dinner after ten years away from her family, but past demons threaten to ruin the festivities. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, wow. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Well, anyway, this guy's awesome. Yeah, he writes some very deep stuff, and yeah. I and I I'm loving that stuff it right seems now. Seems to be a lot of uh, family dramas. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes, which we which we all love to watch. Oh, man. So that was Waves. Yeah. That was Waves. And Honey Boy. Yeah, dude. Two really good movies. Two very great movies. I actually saw these movies two days in a row. So I got the Lucas Hedges and the uh, guy Tom in Honey Boy is also the dad, the father. Of Alexis. Of Alexis, yeah. Yes, that's right. two, Two actors. What's that guy's name again? Oh, the one. The guy who plays Tom. Okay, plays Tom. His name was Col- Clifton. Clif- Clif- Clifton Collins. Clifton Collins Jr. He's in both of those movies, as well as uh, Lucas Hedges. So we got, we had, I had two movies back to back. And I was very surprised to see Lucas Hedges, too. <laughs> yeah, you. I you had, had no idea. Because, yeah, you hadn't seen the trailer. I didn't know he was and, in it at and, all. And Lucas Hedges was in the trailer, yeah. so I knew he was going to be in it. He's so cute. He's doing. He's doing some good stuff I right now. I love him so He's doing much. great. He's doing I'm real great. I'm such a big fan of Lucas Hedges. He's doing really great for himself. I have been since I saw Manchester by the Sea. Yes. And and Boy Erased. I can't even... Oh, yeah. I, I can't even... It's weird. I can't not think fondly of Boy Erased, but, like, I don't mind it. Uh-huh. Because it was just so scary. It was terrifying. I actually listened to a podcast about uh, that recently the uh the story the no the um the uh what's it called the correction like the um oh the facility yeah the facilities like the gay um church facilities where they yeah i don't know i forgot what they're called but i listened to a whole podcast about them just a correctional facility i don't know yeah like but for the yes the homosexual yes yeah like the whole church stuff is yes i listened to it on stuff you should know and it was very scary oh my god and they didn't mention boy race but they they mentioned another movie that came out last year called the miseducation of cameron post yes we didn't see that no but that was also about that i heard it was good yeah that was that was supposed to be good too but i love boy race that was really good it was very good now lucas had just wow so that was both honey boy and waves go check out both of those films they're fantastic i really hope they get the 
I really hope some buzz continues on until the Oscars because I would love to see some nominations at least for some of the actors. Yeah. That'd be great. Maybe even writing for, for Trey Edwards. That like, was that's, amazing. That's, that's really good writing. Yeah. Super good writing. Um, if you enjoyed that episode, you can leave a comment or a review. You can comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. Just search All by the Popcorn and follow our page. Uh, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps people find our podcast who are looking for another movie podcast to listen to. And um, on Google Podcast Play, something? Yeah, yep, the Google Play. Something or other. Uh, if you need notifications on future episodes coming out, you can follow our social media. We've got Twitter, at By the Popcorn, and Instagram, at All By the Popcorn Podcast. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please email us. We would love to hear what you think. Um, or any movies that you suggest that we should watch, uh, you can email us at allbythepopcorn at gmail.com or allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. And we have merch, so please go check that out. Um, I just bought some of the merch, so we'll hopefully have some, some live, not live photos, but, you know, some... Some some actual person wearing them. Some actual people wearing wearing the, the merchandise so you could see it better. Um, so hopefully those will be added soon. But uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Yep, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.